There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss the shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we'll be discussing episode one of season one of the new show, Superstition. So this one's interesting. We have a little bit of a blast from the past popping up. Indeed we do. Mario Van Peoples, which he was huge, like, all through the 80s. Yes. And the man looks exactly the same. There's something about him. He just doesn't age. He doesn't. It's so funky. And his daughter is starring in the show. Yes, she is. Now, he's an, the executive producer, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting. But, man, I don't know. I need these beauty secrets from some of these people. Yeah. I swear, they never age. He looks still as good as he did back then. So I'm excited. Let's talk about the new show. You got some ratings for us, though. Yes, I do. It brought in a 0.12 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.453 million viewers, making it the 89th rated cable show for the day. Awesome. So for a Friday night, that's pretty good. It is. Now, I unfortunately was not able to watch it live, but I actually just rewatched it with the whole uh, new group of shows last night. Being on vacation is nice. Yes, that's why I didn't see it <laughs> the week uh, last week either, because I was coming back from vacation. Yeah, those rare occasions when you get to do absolutely nothing and stay up late and not feel bad. So, right. <laughs> so I apologize. We did not get to live tweet with you guys, but we obviously, we were watching it. We we're pretty excited about this because this is something that I thought was kind of fun and more so because they kind of, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but. You heard little jabs about like shows like this that are on TV. And it wasn't yes. like bad jabs or anything. No, no. But I thought that was hilarious because most of the time you don't get that. Right. So that's why I thought it was really fun. It's almost breaking the fourth wall, but not quite to the level of Deadpool. Right. <laughs> All right. Let's start with episode one, the pilot. All right. Calvin Hastings returns home to reconnect with his family. But the reunion is cut short by a string of killings instigated by a supernatural villain only Calvin and his family can take down. Why that villain reminded me of Meatloaf for a second. I'm like, wait, no, that's <laughs> not him. He's in another show. Yes. <laughs> on Sci-Fi Channel. Who was the villain? Because he looked so, so familiar. And I know I've seen him. Like, was he in another one of our sci-fi shows or... I don't think so. I may be wrong, but I didn't recognize him right off. Maybe he's just been in a lot of shows that I've seen. Right. It could be. It could be a very... W. Earl Brown is his name. Oh, he was... I think he was in Preacher. Yes, Ah, that was why. 
shit. <laughs> he was in Preacher. I'm looking at him going, who is this man? So, yeah. He was in season one of Preacher, which Jess and I talked about on Fangirl Zone. And we will do a quick wrap-up of season two. Maybe before she has the baby. Maybe not. But I just look at it, and it's so weird because he is such a different character in this. Right. And he's been in a bunch of stuff, but yeah, totally different from anything that jumped out at me. So, I'm sorry. I, I totally jumped ahead, but I'm like, who is this man? I couldn't help it. So, actually, I'm talking about the present day in the show, and we started in the past. Yes, we get a flashback. Calvin and his brother Arlo are running through the family cemetery, being chased by who knows what. Yeah, there was a storm, so it made it all that more creepy. Oh, yes. They almost get hit by lightning about the time they get into their yard. And they run into their home and upstairs, and we see Calvin entering a code to get into an expansive room and places the ring into a drawer. But what's all this about? I'm like, is that something that was causing all of this? Especially because you hear the younger kids say, don't tell Pop. Don't tell right. Pop. It's like, uh-oh. Yeah, and did we do that? And it's like, hmm, did they take the ring or did they find the ring? I'm not sure. I think they took it. I was thinking that they took it. And I mean, obviously, this is complete me guessing that they right. took the ring and somehow it triggered some thing. Right. That like the ring was holding back. And I'm saying that like in quotes, but you know what I mean. Right. So I don't know, because we don't get any more information. No, we really don't, because Arlo looks out the window and sees three ghouls approaching the home, and he asks Calvin if they're coming for them. Well, they're coming for somebody. So Calvin tells Arlo to stay put, and he runs downstairs to find his mom and dad arming themselves for a battle. His father tells him to take care of his little brother as we hear glass breaking and Arlo screaming. So he's up on the second floor and something's happening to him upstairs as opposed to down. Right. Which, and how the brick did right. whatever that was get up that high that fast. Right. Which I'm like, wait, what? And then we have Isaac Hastings, who's the father, previous to that, throws out their, well, I guess their family motto. Yeah. Which was. <laughs> we improvise, we adapt, we overcome. I mean, that's a really good motto for anybody to have instead of, like, break down, cry, and sob. That's not as great. It's not as catchy. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> but. so we flash forward 16 years later, and we see Calvin, on a 30-day leave from the military, is returning home. And, and unfortunately, he took the, an Uber <laughs> instead of... I was just uh, going to say that. Instead of a taxi or something else, and he gets... He gets a SoundCloud rapper. Yes. <laughs> and he says that, like, oh, man, all right, they're just making these little jabs. So I'm thinking this has got to be a thing through the whole whole series. Right. But... They aren't going to take themselves seriously. No. Lately, at least. <laughs> Which, that's great, because sometimes that needs to happen. Yeah, and the kid actually gives one of his CDs to Calvin. And <laughs> you just go, really, dude? Right. I'm like, is this guy really evil? Is that what it is? <laughs> He's going to give him this horrible CD. Uh, but whatever. And, I mean, the kid's kind of telling him a little bit about the house or the family that lives there. 
because he doesn't know that Calvin is part of that family. Right. And he's like, no, no, I'm cool, but some people aren't so cool, cool with them. And so right away you get the beginnings of, okay, what's going on? Why do people not like this family? Right. So I, I'm assuming that is also going to play a part. I think so. And I think we see that as well later on in the episode. Yes. Which later on, it really surprised me. Yes. But we have him, Calvin, enter the home and there's like sliding doors. I don't know what those are called, like in the wall doors. They, they're closed and he hears something and he kind of peeks in the room and it turns out this isn't just a normal home. No. It's a funeral home. I would have been creeped out growing up there, but that's just me. Right. And uh, I'm sorry, but I think I was really creeped out with what was happening in, in the funeral that was going on. Because, you know, they're talking, of course, very nicely. They're like, your father did what he, he loved, and this is what he wanted. Because the guy apparently was stuffed with his right. gun in his hunting gear. And I'm just watching, like, are, are you serious? What, what is happening right now? This yeah, the daughter is taking a selfie <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm seriously jaw on the floor, and I'm like, all right, this has got to be, like, just making fun of some of this stuff because I don't know how to take this. But at the same time, I'm like, I bet there's people that ask for this. Right. There definitely could be because they want to remember their loved one when they were happy. Oh, God. And that's what Isaac basically (laughs) says was, this was when he was happy. This is what he loved doing. And unfortunately, his mom catches a peek of him peeking through the door and goes bonkers now that her son is home. Right. And she does apologize because all of a sudden when she screams, my baby, it's like, what? And she's like, my baby's home. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome for you. But remember, you're at a funeral. You're running it. So I think that's right. why she's like, oh, sorry, my bad. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> and then Isaac says, yeah, welcome home, son. And then everybody inside starts clapping. And you go, okay. Well, he is still in his military uniform. True. So Very true. I mean, depending, we, I mean, we don't know about the stuffed guy that, oh, God, I can't believe I, <laughs> I'm saying that. But, you know, maybe he was military and... Just having a military person come home, even if, like, in general, they're not liking the family. Right. And having somebody come home from military and surviving 16 years. Right. That's just something. It's like, okay, he's home. Great. Good for you. We are going to celebrate that. Yes. Even if we don't like you. (laughs) That's what I'm feeling like. But I don't think it's the entire town that dislikes them. No, I don't think so either. A select few, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Right. And then we get to go have other really weird stuff happen. Yes. What the hell is happening in this show? Yes. After a quick little uh, talk with mom and dad, we cut to a small church that is having a religious ritual using snakes. Okay. I don't, I never understood the whole snake handling. Like, I've said before, I'm lapsed Catholic, kind of a keister, but the whole thing with just like religious rituals, just other than Catholic, I have no idea how any of them go. But snake handling and the fact that I've heard about this a lot, right? because this is one of the really odd kind of religions that seem to be 
super outskirts of a religious community. Yes. And so they always show it, and it's always one of those things that, not always, but when they want, like, a really kind of outrageous religion, they seem to show the snake handlers. And it's one of those that's like, holy crap, how do people do this? And because my my biggest thing is, like, how do they not get bitten by these poisonous snakes? And, well, that's kind of what happened. And it's, <laughs> like, my biggest, like, phobia of something like that with a religion just was showing up on screen all of a sudden. Right. Less than five minutes in. Right. Because <laughs> a man in black who comes in, and it wasn't Johnny Cash, I'll tell you that. Exactly. Um, all of a sudden, like, kind of waves his hands, and the snakes are starting to be aggressive, and the handlers, like, can't handle the snakes, and they're biting them and they're attacking. And the one that went into that woman's ear. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it looked like a really tiny, like, garden snake or whatever. I, right. I'm not a snake person. <laughs> <laughs> Neither I am I. Iguana, but that's about the extent. But it was like, what the hell is happening? Yeah, and then the all of a sudden, more snakes come out of the pails. Right, like there was way more snakes in that pail than should have been. Well, I don't think they were all there to begin with. I think they the the pails just had the three that the handlers. Okay, that's why I'm like, even if there was an additional one or two, I'm like, there's like. A hundred snakes in there or something, like, all of a sudden. And the guy, you know, the man in black is walking, and the snakes are just kind of moving out of the way. And they're, like, jumping at people. And I'm sorry, I don't know if you noticed the one guy. It's like, did that snake just, like, flip that guy? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. It's like, that's a... I mean, I know snakes are all muscle and stuff, but uh, that's a hella strong snake. If he's gonna basically flip a guy over, like, you would flip somebody over your shoulder that's what looked like it happened but with right. a snake yes it did I, and i was like did, did you just see that Cause, yeah because i'm watching with my husband and he looks over he's like the hell are you watching <laughs> i'm like i don't know just yet it's a new show <laughs> right and of course all the snakes go after all the rest of the people in the church except for one lady Yes, one girl who's sitting there freaking out. And not moving. Too scared to move, even. Wouldn't you be if you just seen a snake go in somebody's ear? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'd want out of there. I'd be hot putting it out of there ASAP. Well, when the snakes are flipping people like ninjas, I probably wouldn't be able to move either. (laughs) So, after the carnage is complete, the man in black sits behind the lady that wasn't attacked, and hands her a very old coin and tells her he needs some help with a party. Now, do you think she was not attacked because, basically, he wanted a person? Absolutely. And she was, like, too freaked out, so it's like, oh, her. Let's use the freaked out one. Yes, she's going to be the one that um, doesn't get bit 5,000 times. Mm -hmm. So, of course, the next day... Police team led by Sheriff May Westbrook are performing forensics on the scene at which eight people died and 15 more were sent to the hospital. Seems like way more people were in there. But I mean, with the yeah, chaos more happening. Than 23, yeah. <laughs> well, she contacts the funeral parlor in town and unknown except to her, protectors of all things supernatural, the Hastings family goes to work. That's so weird that she knows, but. 
And so she's totally cool with it. So it's like, what else do you know? Right. But we have that survivor who is at her home. And after the gruesome, gruesome attack. So you figure she's Sitting probably, in the dark. Yeah, she's probably all like freaked out about it. At least that's what you think. Right. But then I don't know if it's her roommate or her sister comes home. Yeah. And like right away, she's like, turn out that light. And I'm like, the light, that's called the sun. Because she had opened the door. She's like, why is it so dark in here? Then all of a sudden, she's yeah. like, why is it so hot in here? And she goes to like turn down the heat. She's like, don't do that. And she turns around. She's like, I'm really glad you're here. Okay. Creepy alert. Creepy alert. And then, then a snake comes out from her bathrobe. But I don't know if it was in her robe. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't look like that to me. No, it did not. And it was like, oh, no, this is not going to end well. No, 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 no. And assuming that what we've seen, it, it attacked Nadine. I don't know if she's dead or if she's now going to be a snake person. Yeah, we don't know. We never see or hear about Nadine ever again, ever again in the episode. That's for that, sure. That's true. So, of course, she becomes the LaRoche's police department's number one suspect and taken into custody. Yeah, so La Rochelle. Did we ever find out what date this is supposed to be? I believe this is Louisiana. Okay. I'm like, I felt like it had to be somewhere south. Yes, deep south. Just because they all had a little bit of an accent. Yes. It, it kind of had the true blood kind of feel where there was an accent, but you didn't know exactly where. Right. Oh, so let's get back to the even weirder crap. So apparently, Jessica is in custody, and she's just chilling out in the her cell. They go to take a look at her, and it's like, what the hell is that on the floor? Yeah. She is molting, because we have, oh, God, Isaac. He, he's like, he looks, and the sheriff kind of freaked out. She's like, what is that? And he's like, she's molting like a snake. Like, this is totally normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no big deal. Uh, excuse me? Why are you so calm? I mean, we know why he's calm, because this is what they do. But still, why are you so calm? That's not something I've ever seen before. Is that something you've seen before? Apparently so. Because, of course, Isaac catches sight of the gold coin that the dredge palmed off on Jessica, and it's got snakes embossed on it, and Isaac happens to know the special meaning it contains. Yeah. Yeah, and you go, okay, um... And wasn't it from, I, I don't remember if their medical examiner, who seems right. to be a, a mythology expert, too. Did she say it was from Mesopotamia? Yes. Okay, so we're going way, way back. Way, way back, yes. Uh, and you kind of have to wonder if Isaac and his wife aren't a whole lot older than they appear. Right, well, Calvin, he kind of said that. He's like, of course he knows, he was there, you know, but... Right, yeah. Is that him just, like, ribbing his dad, like, yeah, you're old as dirt kind of thing? Or could it be more? I, that's a very good question. Makes you wonder. Makes you scratch your head a little bit. Yes, and their uh, medical examiner at the funeral home, Miss Tilly, also knows a thing or two about world mythologies and informs them that the snake is a symbol of an ancient snake cult that also dabbles in cannibalism. Whoever touches the coin takes on the appetite of a snake and feasts. Yeah, not just any cannibalism, specifically newborn babies. Yeah. And it it was 
kind of another little dig because Calvin's reaching in to touch the coin in the bag. And that's when she's like, whoever touches touches the coin has the same appetite. She's like, maybe you lead with that. Right. Did anybody <laughs> touch it? I almost did. I was like half a millimeter away. Uh, yes. <laughs> but we find out an officer did touch the coin because he had to put it in the bag. And he's only been working half days because, er, record scratch, he has a newborn baby at home. Right. And right then we're like, shit, shit, shit. Yeah. So they <laughs> race over to the right residence and arrive just in time. And they are able to uh, get Byron under control. With his snake tongue. Yeah, at least Isaac did. Um, Calvin basically got his backside handed to him. <laughs> Yeah, but he also, well, Isaac said it was just bit, but it looked like venom being shot out, right. like the way it shot out of his mouth. But the dude had a forked tongue and like the weird yes. eyes of like, eh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can deal with this. If this is like, right. like we're not even easing into it. Like X-Files, no, we're jumping in. Because yes. this was at what, like 20 minute mark? Right. And I'm like. Holy crap, we're not even halfway in, and I got this guy with a forked tongue going all The Shining, breaking into the bathroom. Right. I was like, oh my god, oh my god. What is happening? So, back at the funeral home, Isaac takes Calvin upstairs into the alchemy room where most of the good stuff happens. In it are all the tools necessary to perform exorcisms and other mystical rituals to countervail the force of evil. It was like a TARDIS room, because it was way bigger than that. It should have been in that house. Right. Sure was. Now, they have a little discussion where Isaac tells Calvin that because humans have so wrecked the planet, bad stuff is able to flourish. That means more work for their mom-and-pop shop. Now, he shows Calvin this engraving on a bullet that uh, apparently the rune gives it a little extra oomph and... It has to be done perfectly. So that's going to be Calvin's first test. And, of course, his first attempt was horrible <laughs> as he scratches the bullet. And, of course, Isaac says, well, that one's worthless. Eh, still a bullet, just not the good bullet that you need it to be. Right. But then he gets introduced to another character here. A little, well, not a little girl, but a young woman named Garvey. Right. And that was the interesting part because... You know, they had a little sizzle reel that they put together, and I got to see that. And when I first saw Garvey, I was thinking maybe 8 to 12 at the most. Yeah, I wasn't no. thinking she was that old, but apparently she's 16. Right, because I, I did recall watching the episode, I heard V tell her that she was late picking up um something. And so, well, if she is old enough to drive, then she must be at least 16. Right. And they have a nice little chat, and... Nice? I don't know if I'd do <laughs> that. A very eye-opening chat. Yes, to say the least. And she drops the bomb on him that he is her daughter. Which he had no idea. No clue. And, he, you know, you have to wonder, you know, Okay, well, he's been gone 16 years, and if she's 16, okay, he must have had a girlfriend just before he left. And sure enough, he did. The sheriff. Yeah. Funny how nobody mentioned this, but that's <laughs> actually touched on. Yes. 
Yeah, that he left and he didn't have any contact with the family while he was gone. And or his ex girlfriend. Right. And his his father says to him, It was really hard not to tell you, but this is what she wanted. So right. they at least were in her life. So it's not like there was zero family contact, but him not knowing, that's gotta be crushing, knowing that your parents knew and had contact all this time. Right. But he was obviously running. Yes, he was, from what happened in the past. So now he's supposedly back, but is he? He's only on a 30-day furlough at this point in time, so maybe, maybe not. Right. So be and Tilly do some more digging and discover that there are 12 other of these snake coins out and about, and they will need to find all of them to end whatever killing spree that these coins are causing. And to do that, B has to perform a very old ceremony that will let her divine their locations, but she has to touch one of the coins. Which they're like, uh, no. Right. But they end up letting her do it anyway, and it ends up going horribly wrong. Did she actually touch it? I thought she was touching a hand. Of a dead body that was holding the coin. I didn't think it was actually in her hand. Oh, okay. Yeah, it might have been. But whatever it was... It didn't turn out good. No, because we see her veins turn black. Right, which is like, oh, what happened? But apparently the dredge kind of knew something like this was going to happen, so he, like, turned it around. Right, and he ends up breaking their protection spell. Yeah, that was not a good thing. And... The whole town is just going absolutely bonkers. It looks like a war zone around the police station. Yeah, it was so weird. So there was more snakes, and then there was like fires and fighting. It's like, what is happening? This is (laughs) like... Explosions. Yeah, it's out of control. Yes. But some of this is happening around, of all things, the Garden of Eden Church. So... Does that mean that that could be, like, the center of this? It very well could be. And, of course, Isaac and Calvin gear up for an incursion. And the rest of the authorities have been sent on a wild goose chase on the other side of town. Thank you very much, Sheriff. (laughs) And I think this is the time where they kind of make the little jab at uh, Supernatural. Oh, yeah, they did a couple of times. Because I know the one is like, oh, hey, is is the trunk all set up with a huge arsenal like Sam and Dean? And I just yeah. love that they were throwing that in. Because at least it makes you think like, okay, so many of these shows exist only in their bubble. Like we've right. talked about with some of them. It's like, have you never watched a horror movie? Have you never seen this? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like zombie movies didn't exist in the world of The Walking Dead. They said that. Because I'm like, how right. do you not know you shoot for the head? So... At least they had that, you know, that little joke about the other shows that are similar and have, like, crazy stuff happening. Although this is a whole level that I've not seen. Right. So, um... They go to the graveyard, the church's graveyard. And get out their Ghostbuster, um... (laughs) (laughs) Their fun little toys. Yeah. Electromagnetic devices, and sure enough, the Infernal is there. It was messed up. Because poor Calvin, he sees his brother at the age he was when he died. And he's like, you have to kill me. You have to kill me so I can get out of this and I can move on. And and, I mean, there's this back and forth. And then when we finally see 
what is actually happening, you see Isaac on the other side. When right. Calvin's holding his gun up, but he's talking and he appears to be talking to his brother. So Isaac doesn't know what's happening. Calvin can't hear him. No. And then finally he's like, just shoot me, just kill me instead. Right. Which I was surprised. Yeah, that did not see that coming either. No. But thankfully, neither of them end up getting shot. Right. And the dredge finally appears and hands over all the gold coins in exchange for what he calls a wonderful piece of theater. And that he did not expect Calvin to uh, go that route with uh, telling his brother to kill him. Right. Oh, but then it gets worse. Yeah. Because maybe Calvin is really out of practice. Even though you are in the Army of Marines, I don't remember what he said offhand, but he apparently doesn't remember what it's like to fight these supernatural bad guys because he right. just got knocked the hell out yes he did like quick and his dad is holding his own and then kelvin wakes up and he sees them fighting and the dredge is like choking his father so he jumps up to grab the blade that his dad was using at one point and chops off his head except it wasn't his head right i was like what the hell just happened <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because you see his dad's head roll. Right. And then the and dredge you... is like, oh, good. And I'm like, what? 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 Yeah. <laughs> For a opening episode of a series to have it end with that was just absolutely insanity. It was. And we kind of, well, I probably failed to mention it, that Calvin had said he came back because he kept having visions of his dad dead. Right. So how messed up is this? It's his fault, even though technically it's the Dredge's fault, but it's his fault because he killed his father. Right. The Dredge just mentioned something about Oedipus Complex. Right. How is Calvin going to be able to handle this? He's got got his brother's death on his head, now his father's death on his head, and a daughter that he didn't know about. I don't think he's going back. No, I don't think he is either. But could this also be an illusion by the dredge just to make him think he killed his father? Ooh, that's interesting. Right. I mean, somehow the dredge knew that what he kept seeing. Right. Yeah, I think the dredge is from the way the dredge reacted to Calvin. He's more interested in what makes Calvin tick than Isaac. That's real fascinating to me is why is he so interested in calvin so maybe so especially because we see in a preview isaac like walking away from the house right which that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense unless it's supposed no, to be a it flashback <laughs> or something right but then again if he's producing it he can do whatever he wants to do yes <laughs> i guess we'll have to well, i don't see. think he's wanting to just appear in the first episode and be done mm-hmm. i but we'll see i mean that was definitely a head-scratching ending, that's for sure. Yeah, I was not expecting that at all. So I guess we'll find out soon. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very, very soon. soon. All right, well, we hope you are enjoying this show, because this one, I know I've been saying that lately with the sci-fi shows, that it's weird, but this one, it's like, all right, what just happened? So there's going to be a lot of what with this? Yes. So, but we hope you're enjoying it. We hope you're enjoying what we're talking about. So please rate and review us on all the the forums you're finding us on, iTunes and Podomatic and Google Play and everywhere. 
Good ratings of the show help other fans find us and tell your friends about this show. I want to know what everybody's thinking because you guys should email us then. What do you think's going to happen? Is he really dead? Is is Calvin ever going back to armed forces? I'm thinking no, but we want to know what you think. So you can email us at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. Uh, make sure you're tweeting with us and with the show because this obviously helps them know who's watching. Not okay. Wow, that sounded very Big Brotherish. That's not what I meant. <laughs> but it helps them know that we're watching and we're enjoying it. And the more fans that do, the more often shows like this get renewed. Yes, and we promise both of us should be tweeting for episode two. Yes. The problem is sometimes life gets in the way, and we understand that. So if you're watching it anytime during the live or the seven days following, just shoot a a Twitter up there, a tweet. My God, I'm tired. I'm sorry. Shoot a tweet up there. It's like watching Superstition. What the hell just happened? Because I have a feeling that's going to be the catchphrase for the show. Yes. And then, of course, you know, you can tell us your theories since it's so early on. I don't know if we're going to have a whole lot of theories yet, but we Yeah, it might be a while. We'll happily share them on the show, though, if you want to send us some. So, for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve. We improvise, we adapt, we overcome. And until next time.